0: welcome to cooper talk i'm your host steve cooper and remember i'm only as hip as my guest i have to tell you this people i'm uh, i'm going to vegas this weekend i've not been to vegas for years and this is what i love about facebook a good friend of mine is getting married in vegas so me and joanne are flying out and there's like five of us going out but through facebook i found out a guy who i graduated high school in 1982 i have not seen this guy since then he's gonna be in vegas he's on his way to burning man which just cracks me up a bunch of 50 year old guys going to burning man but he's gonna have fun and I don't get to see them, so that's that's what's great about Facebook. You catch up with people. I've caught up with like four different people. They're saying going to be in Vegas and I'm going to hook up with them, but I'm only there for two nights and I have to go to a wedding with one of them. So anyway, it'll be fun. I'll tell you about it next week, and uh, that's about it. So we have a great we have a great show today. Annabelle, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Good, Steve?
0: Uh, now, now, what's the exact pronunciation of your last name? Lewin. Lewin. Okay, I thought it was Lewin. I was some
1: it's... Lewin, some Lewus, apparently. No, that was no. I... Caption on a on a headline once. What was, was it? Was... it? Some Lewin, some Lewoos.
0: Oh, well, what, what, that's mean.
1: What, what the hell is it? Now, now, have, that's people... the British press for you, Well, that's okay. Well, you, you well, know, what, that was what,
0: cool, I thought, actually. What's up with the British press? Brit, do you like the British press?
1: Um, well, I haven't been there for a while, but uh, when I was amidst it all back in the 80s, um, they kind of like to know everything that's going on with you from what you eat in the morning for breakfast to uh, you know, going down to the local supermarket to get a pint of milk and stuff like that. They're a little intrusive. The paparazzi are very, very intrusive, of course, as everyone knows, which is why they're trying to get, the, you know, the law. I think they've got that passed now, haven't they? The celebrities with the children and not having their children photographed, and because it's an invasion of privacy. But that is, a, and
0: plus the child. It's not, the child's not the celebrity, so you know, it's like it's like yeah, the child yeah. people know, and then you know, people are just it's creepy lost. these days. Yeah. So now, now you grew up where?
1: Um, well, I was born in in
0: Burma, 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 right?
1: Um, and it's now called Yangon. And my father uh, was Burmese, is, was, is, he's passed away now, uh, God rest his soul. But um, my father was Burmese and my mother was an English woman. And uh, he was in the Navy and she was a an nurse. And basically he went to train to be in the Navy as a young naval cadet. And a very romantic story, actually, now, by all accounts.
0: Now, were yeah. you... Did you sing as a kid i mean how did you how did you start singing because you you were found at such a young age but yeah. as a kid i mean you know you think like kids you know some now you hear them because all the tv there's some amazing kids who are singers mm. but when did you start singing and when did you decide that you even wanted to sing i mean were you a little one
1: i didn't i didn't make a decision about it it was just something i always did you know um according to my mother God rest her soul um, she said I, I was dancing in her womb. So I don't know if I was singing in the womb as well, but um, I do remember at the time um, saying to my mum, was because, you know, my family, the m- most musical my family was apparently was a brass band in the local country, the country tavern. Because um, my mother's side of the family were all from the country, like, you know, uh, Wuthering Heights, right. the movie. Um, that was where my mother's sort of family all resided in that part of the world rough and ready and wild Heathcliff kind of uh, territory Um, of course and uh, she said that I was literally dancing in her womb so I I should have asked if I'd been singing in the womb but anyway in answer to your question um, yeah I'd always been singing I guess it was a form of um, escape for me as a child because I was a um, you know I was like brought up by my mother effectively uh, for a period of my life without my without my brothers um and i kind of was like an only child for a period so other than that you know i i just loved just loved singing along to songs the mamas and the papas back in the day yeah where'd your mama go you know so where'd your mama go it was lovely songs like that i used to hear back in this in, in the 70s you know
0: and so so it's funny because you remember those songs mm-hmm. we always remember songs like i remember you know, Sweet Caroline by uh, Neil Diamond on the AM radio when our parents would take trips. And you yeah. still remember those songs, and, and they stick. And no matter what you hear, you always go, yeah. oh, God, I remember that song. So now you're, you're, a, you're a kid, you're singing. Mm-hmm. Now, when do you first get on stage? Like when you're eight or nine, do you do a talent show or anything? Or do you, do you say, uh, I'm just going to sing in the house?
1: No, 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 no. I had absolutely no inclination to be a singer as no. a profession. I wanted to be an air stewardess, actually, because I, I thought it would be fun. I wanted to travel and when I, was, when I was at school, um, my aspiration was to be an air stewardess because I liked the idea of travelling so, um, no, it was nothing like that, you know, you've got to remember I, I was a half-Burmese girl living in London uh, and my mother was a single parent without you know, I didn't have a dad, a father figure around effectively and uh, so, you know, being a latchkey kid I used to go to a friend of mine's home and we used to sing, and I used to sing to ABBA actually that's when I started singing officially, I guess,
0: Abba. or unofficially,
1: as a hobby with my friend at her home, uh, who was a Rastafari, you know, I and I. Anyway, um, her name was Michelle, and she's a lovely girl, actually, and her family, her sister and her brothers. Um, and I used to sing harmonies, and she used to, she and I used to just sing, you know, to to Abba
0: records. Well, Abba's great. I mean, you got you gotta They're yeah. just. I mean, are you still a fan? I mean, now. Oh gosh, yeah. Did you ever meet them?
1: Um, no, I had never had the privilege or the pleasure to meet Bjorn uh, or Agnita. I heard they get offered millions,
0: Frida. millions to get together and they don't. They're they, just like, oh, oh, we don't want to play. And that sucks because, you know, how many people would go see, I lovely. mean, everybody. And especially after the movies, like Priscilla and all that, people, yeah. the age group that would see ABBA would be like 18 to like 75. Right. So right. you're singing at your friend's house.
1: Well, we 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 used to get together and that's an answer to your question about, I didn't do stage work. No, I was just singing. You know, to records with my friend.
0: And so now how do you get found? You did you is it true you worked at a dry cleaner? Is yes. it so you're working in a dry cleaner? I worked at a dry cleaner years ago. My friend had a dry cleaner. And I I I'm gonna tell you people just a quick I don't know if she's gonna agree with me, it might be different in England. But when you say light starch, it goes in the no-starch bag. There's two bags, no starch and heavy starch. And when they say light starch, you put it right in that no starch bag. Is mm-hmm. it like that thing on top Yep.
1: And also the other thing is when you have clothes coming in, because the dry cleaning firm establishment I worked at uh, was owned by an Irish guy, lovely chap called Larry, and it was just him, him um, and uh, this Jamaican guy uh, who used to do, who used to press the clothes. And I used to do the bagging, and the and sometimes I do some work on. I only worked there one day a week, and that was just to get pocket money. Um, because you know my mother didn't want me to work in a cake shop Um, so she's the one that actually got me the job in the dry cleaners Um, but yes that's where I was working and for those folks who aren't uh, familiar with dry cleaners or cleaners period basically it's not like you go into a laundromat or a laundrette as they uh, call it in England and drop your clothes off with someone it's uh, you actually go into this place and you go oh I need my shirts starched or you know, pressed or a suit cleaned. And there's a specific cleaning method with dry cleaning materials. They use chemicals, obviously, Um, and sometimes for the really hard um, stains. And they're very professional, so everything is done supposedly very safely, obviously, Um, and then you go pick it up. It's not the same as going into, you know, wash your clothes in a machine and wash it going around in a spin cycle or anything. So, yeah, that's a a difference.
0: So you're working there, and Mm -hmm. then Malcolm McLaren finds you?
1: No, it was a friend of his actually. Okay, so what
0: happened? Yeah. So you just you were working, you're just one day a week. I mean, mm-hmm. which is amazing. The one day a week, and this guy comes in, like you're there. So I mean, how...
1: well, it it was a period of time. I'd been working there a few months. You know, it wasn't just overnight. I was just working there a few months. In fact, I really enjoyed working there. Every... I looked forward to it because I had the school week, and then I used to go and have this whole other life for a day in this lovely establishment. I was learning how to work the um the counter, the, t- the counter. We had actors and people from the music industry coming in to the dry cleaning you know, firm Um, so it was kind of fun and um, I was just continuing to work there and and I used to sing along to the Top 40 because the Top 40 radio was on every Saturday of course and that's how um, I was singing along to Steve I love Stevie Wonder as an artist as a a songwriter I just absolutely adore him and obviously people like Santana all the ones that I consider to be artist, you okay. know, Prince, um, and, or I don't know if he's still calling himself that, but whatever you're calling yourself, I still admire your work too. Um, but I actually was singing along to the radio, and I was singing along to Stevie Wonder, and uh, it was the song I Wish, and uh, apparently this guy had been coming in, he hadn't, you know, talked to me before, he'd been coming in on and off, and one day he just turned around, and I he oh, I must have been listening. Or something or been told to listen out or look for um because i later found this out he was actually this he was scouting around for people for the for the for the guys to audition he was helping out uh mclaren and um he heard me singing i guess and asked if i wanted to go to an audition
0: and you were 14
1: no i was 13 and a half actually so
0: you're 13 now do you have yeah. any idea what i i mean it's like it, this has been a big thing like you're 13 you're working and you you're loving this job because it's a second life and you're like this, you know, you're, you're happy, you know, you're going to, and all of a sudden some guy says, Hey, you want to audition for a band? You must've yeah. been like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you react? And what, and what, what did your mom say? Did you go to him and say, mom, mom, I, I got this audition. And was she worried? Cause she didn't, I mean, what happened? She didn't know. Okay, number you one, okay.
1: in answer to that question. <laughs> know, which question do you want me to answer, Steve? Um, <laughs> number one, she didn't know. Number number one, number one. when he asked me about the audition, my first, I just saw this image of the big curtains and they you go, know, we'll call you, don't call us kind of thing with two people sitting at the back of a cinema kind of row. But actually it was nothing like that. And I just immediately, then my second notion was that, you know, uh, I don't know, there's something a bit strange about this. I didn't even know this guy. He's a stranger. Um so I decided to I said oh is it okay if I bring a friend along and he said yeah so we agreed a time and a place to meet and it was at my outside my brother's my brother's work at, at the time and um I met him with my friend and he scooted us off to this place in the middle of nowhere um and it was a rehearsal room and um that's when it all began
0: so it begins so they decide to put you in the bed
1: um apparently yeah because that night uh, I went home that night and um, afterwards and I thought I would better tell my mom just in case because I gave I had to give him a telephone number obviously And in those days we didn't have cell phones and all these you know gadgets so we had the, the regular telephone the landline um so I I told my mother that you know I I actually went to audition I said oh there might be a phone call from somebody Um, to do with an audition I went to. And, of course, that was the first she'd heard of it. And as it turned out, um, there was a phone call. And it was the guy that had taken me to the audition. And he said that the manager wanted to meet me and my mother. And that was that, really.
0: And so now, did you have any idea that this would just blow up so big? I mean, when you are a young kid, I mean, wow, 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 it's huge. I mean, everyone everyone in America loved you. I mean, you were, you were, you were like America's sweetheart. Like everyone. Really? Oh, I told people, I said, uh, I always announce my guests. And everyone's like, oh, my God, we're so loyal, We love it. Aww. So, but, so when, you, when you start, when you go it's into good the to know, exactly. Oh, God, everyone Aww. loves you. They Come on. <laughs>
1: no, you don't take things like that for granted. Oh, but no, but, but I live it's, in the real world.
0: No, but it's true. I mean, you'd be surprised. I, <laughs> so. I have a following on Facebook. And I put my guests. I was like, oh, my God. I'm, oh, my God. They're all excited. They're all excited, so that's why we have to last an hour else they're going to yell at me. But no, so so you sit there, and now you you get your first audition. I mean, you, you audition, and you get the band starts. Now, so they just say, okay, here, Annabella, sing this, or did you have to get to know the other band, or was it because you weren't used to singing with a band? You are just singing the record, So
1: With my friend in my how, bedroom.
0: How is it, like, especially at your age, you're so young, and, and you know, oh, was it intimidating at all, or did you have no fear?
1: Um... Well, it wasn't intimidating. It was just I was very, I was a bit nervous because I didn't really know, you know, obviously I didn't know these people. They're all strangers. That's why I felt comfortable that I had my Venezuelan friend with me, Alberta. Um, and it was kind of cool because we we walked in and we looked like I don't know hobos or something probably. I was wearing this really long shirt. Anyway, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. It's kind of funny. You should ask. But first, my first impression when I walked in was I first saw this young kind of English-looking girl behind the microphone. And there was a guitar player. He's the one that stuck out to me first, the guitarist. And then then there was the drummer. And then there was a guy with the bass. And um, when I walked in, it was all very strange because they didn't say anything to me per se. It was they were talking to the guy that brought me and I was just standing there waiting with my friend and she just kept saying, I don't feel good about this. She, she was really like <laughs> nervous. She was really nervous. She's like, she thought we were being, you know, I don't know, whatever she thought. But um, well, she was from Venezuela, so you ne- you never know, right. you know, with all the things that go on in this day and age. Of course, we're more aware of the human trafficking and stuff like that. So in those days, didn't even occur to to moi. And um, I actually was just told after the girl had been asked, I was I was taken outside. And then the girl suddenly came out that had been behind the mic when I walked in. And then I was asked to go back in. And they just asked me to stand behind the microphone. And then then the lead guitarist is the one that was, you know, Matthew Ashman, who is the one that died in 1995. Um, He was the original guitarist for Adam and the Ants. Um, He asked me to sing a song called Wedding Day. Um, There was a song called... Wedding Day, Carl Stein. I think they were all rock and roll standards, apparently. And after I'd gone through those a couple of times, after he'd shown me, he said that he, he goes, right, we got a new one. So he said, you got pick, you got to watch exactly what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And he said, just you just got to listen. And I went, okay. And then he just started singing C30, and I just thought, wow, what a great song, because it was ding, da, 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 da. It had a really great rhythm. And then um, after that, he said, all right, ready? Should we go through it? And, that, and I just had was given the lyric sheet, and I just sang what was on the paper, or, or shouted, rather. Um, and that was it. And then we did it one more time. And then they asked how old I was. And then the drummer hit his drum thing. And then uh, after that, I think the guitarist was asking me, So did you see it in the paper, the uh, the audition? I said, yeah. yeah. He said, where did you see it then? I said, I didn't. It's that guy. He, he, he saw me at my work and asked me to come down. He said, what do you work as? And I told him, and they thought that was quite quite amusing, I think. But anyway, it was very quick, and I ended up sort of leaving quite quickly afterwards, taken away by this guy. Um, and it was that evening that the guy that took me to the audition, Dave Fishel, he apparently was—I didn't even know anything about this chap—but he was apparently Patty Boulay's musical director. Okay. There was a singer in England called Patty Boulay, beautiful, um, you know, African-looking lady, um, and he was apparently her musical director. So he'd been kind of asked to look or find singers because of, I guess, from his own experiences as, you know, working with singers.
0: So now you get, you're in the band, and mm-hmm. now you go into the studio. Once again, a new experience. I mean, no I,
1: experience,
0: no. I mean, no, what was it like going in the studio? I mean, because you're sitting there, they just say, sing. I mean, was it because, and then you just, and then you would just battle because you, you hit the notes. You must have sort of a great voice. I mean, it must be. Oh, we rehearsed the songs. Okay. Of course we did.
1: I mean, they were still in the midst of, because Malcolm had all these songs like Sexy Eiffel Towers. Um, when, I, when I met Malcolm, sorry, you're skipping a few steps ahead because this didn't all happen you know, in, in, in five minutes. This took a, a few months of pre- you know, production effectively and I was still at school and it was getting really difficult because I was going to work with the guys when I could after school and I was still having to get up early with Graham Dean on right. the radio. Thank you, Graham Dean. I met him you know, years down the road, this DJ from the UK, I used to wake up to him. Every morning, and he used to wake me up. I used to love, um, because he used to play great songs, and he was always very bubbly on the radio, and I loved that. Um, But I was, I was really tired because I was up really late, and then I'd be getting up really early for school, and then going to school, and it sort of took its toll after a, a few months. But anyway, in answer to your question, I went into a studio situation after we'd rehearsed, obviously, which which was important, and that was after Malcolm had explained this song's about falling off the Eiffel Tower and imagine you're falling, imagine. And he kept saying the word imagine all the time to me and explaining all the songs like it it was a story storybook thing. And I I did. And that's pretty much how I got to grips with Baby on Mars, um, you know, Mile High Club, uh, Sexy Eiffel Towers, Louis Couture's, you know, and all those kinds of songs on what was called the cassette pet, which was officially the first release of Bow Wow.
0: So now you're getting to... with the band, you're singing, and now videos are starting to take off at this time. Now, did you think that, no. and I, that's what I love, I, I hate MTV now, I love watching MTV because there's nothing on MTV. You watch MTV. Have you ever seen MTV lately? I do
1: like MTV. Now? I still think they're fab. But Thank you. <laughs> but
0: no, but the TV don't moms, be knocking the MTV guys. <laughs> no, I know. I love the MTV, the old MTV. I love the oh. music when it was music. And TV. I like the h one too,
1: actually. The h yeah, ones great. I haven't seen too many of our videos but, on the h one
0: But they don't sorry. play videos anymore. It's a shame. It's a shame because that's mm. what that's why. I mean, I love MTV that's from right. when it started out. But oh. now, the impact that video had was such an amazing, amazing thing. Mm. When you started recording, did they think? Did your management sit there and say, okay? This song will translate good to a video, where they just say do it, and then the video will happen.
1: No, it was none of that. It was none of that at all. Um, basically Malcolm was our manager, and whenever we were about to do anything, um, I think by then we were signed to EMI because we had a record deal. After we got all the songs together in the studio, basically he went in with the, with the songs. I presume he, you know, he told the record label what he was planning on doing with the band and the next thing i know it's in the it's in the in the um english press um and it said some horrible things um about you know adam being replaced by this you know teenage girl no one knew the name or something and they were calling me best man cuz malcolm thought that would be a good name for me after a horse um and stuff like that um but you know it was it was all very it was all about press after that and i remember it kind of took off quite quickly. Once we'd done all the, re- the recording, um, he had the deal, obviously, with the label EMI. Um, and that didn't last very long, unfortunately. But whilst I was there, I was very interested in in, um, you know, how they had the song out, C30, uh, which was about home taping, which is what I was doing. And <laughs> the first time I heard it was in a history lesson, funnily enough. I was going to my history lesson and a friend of my, the friend that came to my audition was playing, had a little, you know, and she went, isn't this a song that you sang at that play?" In... And it was C30. C30, C60, C90, go. And we, I was so thrilled and excited. But anyway, in answer to your question, um, the recording happened uh, it enabled us to obviously start planning for the tour. And no, nobody sat down with me and had a big long chat about what we were doing and how we were doing it. I was basically told we're going to go into you know in March, April, whenever it was. They basically did everything and just told me about it afterwards.
0: So, so okay. So, but so you were, and plus it must be amazing though to be involved in this at your age. I mean, it's just something most kids, you know. I mean, I think 14. I was, I was playing ball was, in my backyard.
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: No, Continue. no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But for you, it must have been just great.
1: Well, um, the only thing I. I I started to get a little bit concerned about because I was still at school, was the schooling, and no one asked me. But also through this period, I'd been kicked. I was kicked out of the band three times in the first few months. Whilst all this was going on, by the way.
0: For what reasons?
1: Um, there were very sort of strange reasons given to me at the time, which I won't go into. But I was really kind of like I kind of by that time, funnily enough, I was kind of at the. I was like. I'm not really sure about this. And i was still at school. So it was good that I was still at school because when they kicked me out, I was like, okay, well, I'm still at school. I'll be an S still, you know, right. wasn't the end of my world. Um, Cause I was still, you know, having my hobby of singing effectively with my friend. And um, what was concerning me was the fact that there was no, I had no relationship with the musicians effectively. And I started to feel a little bit uncomfortable um, so I guess that's when Malcolm kind of started, you know, taking more of a step forward towards me. And he started meeting with me, you know, individual meetings with me to talk to me about, you know, things. And he would actually talk to me like he was um, really concerned about me. And he would say stuff like, you just have to be yourself, Annabella. Don't let them make you feel uncomfortable. And he would tell me stuff about the band and... He would just say things to me, I think to put me at ease more than anything, but he must have been picking up on something, Um, because I think after I'd been kicked out a few times, which I later found out he had something to do with um, a couple of those times, um, you know, he was a bit concerned, and I think maybe it was part of his plan. I don't know. Nobody told me. I was just a young girl who loved singing like I am now, effectively, but I'm not a young girl anymore, unfortunately. Um, but I really, really uh, would, have, I would have appreciated that. I think back in the day, if they had just spoken to me a bit more openly about stuff, and it wasn't like uh, I was the black sheep, effectively, in that situation, because that's kind of how I felt most of the time, was I was being kept out of everything. And it, made, it, start, it started after a period of time, especially after a year, especially after the touring, and then we started going to to all these different places um, and not having anyone that I trusted around me, I started to get, I guess, paranoid, but also I was really concerned that, that is this really what I've chosen? I left school, I left home, I left my friends to do this. This is really lonely, and this is not... You know, the only time I had fun was when I was on stage and with the
0: audience. See, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it also it is because it is when you're not connected. And I've talked to other people mm. in different bands who have come into a band later where they're not connected and mm. they they always feel they always feel like they're an employee. They don't feel like they they like he said that you know, you're in the band but they don't really talk to you about anything. They don't you're you're somewhat isolated and it's, mm. it's just a, it's a lonely feeling.
1: It's a very lonely life to a certain degree, I believe. I don't know if there are many I mean other than the truck driver and you know I have sympathy for truck drivers, I really do. The long-haul truck drivers, that's a heck of a job, man. Excuse my French. No,
0: um, but you're but right. But
1: it is. It's a, it's a heck of a job. Um, I really wish truck drivers would get paid as much as football players do, you know, because that's dangerous what they do. They drive in all sorts of conditions. They've got to have a, a deadline, and they could have an accident any second now, and their, their wives or kids could lose their father, you know. Um, or, and then in this day and age, you've got female truck drivers. So, big up for truck drivers everywhere, Rubber Ducky. Cause I liked, I used to listen to that song. You know, there was a song on the radio a long time ago, and I went, Oh my God, that's a really cool song. And I found out later it's about truck drivers, and you know, Rubber Ducky. Big, big, it was a big song i can't remember the name of it do you remember it? <injustices> well, i remember we got a
0: convoy do you remember the song we, we got that's a convoy yeah. yeah and they sit there because and it's that when, when cbs were big yes. and cbs i remember we had a cb and we, we would go on vacation Excellent and it was month. you're always afraid as a kid like you're like yeah because you didn't want like your your name like here goes oh hey, this is a Big Jim, you're like, yeah. yeah, this is Steven. And be Red Rooster. This is Red Rooster on the rake. Oh, yeah. Hey.
1: And I like the fact that they talk to each other when they're on their trips. I think it's really good. And I think, I hope they do that more often, these guys. Because you see them sleeping in the truck.
0: Yeah, it's a, anyway, right, it's a hard so. life because they sit there and they drive. And you sit there and you drive and you're right. And now yeah. it's even worse because of the, I have a friend back east who's a truck driver. Right. And the gas kills you because the gas is, well, now it's cheap out here at stuff was but back there it's mm. cheaper but when it was high mm. they got to pay for the gas yeah. was some thing, and so it's not a good thing yeah. so now when the band now when the band hits it I want candy and it becomes huge what is that like for you being a young younger person and everybody knows you and everybody pretty much is adores you I mean you, you can't you can't talk to anybody who sits there and goes if you hear I want candy you don't hear anyone who goes oh I that put me in a crappy mood. You know, everyone here. I mean, everyone. It's an it's an uplifting song. So, I mean, what was the interaction fans would have with you, just mm. when you would sing that? And I mean, what? How would people see when they would react to you when they knew you were the woman who was singing "I Want Candy" and all the other great hits? Sorry, can you
1: answer which question is? is how
0: well, how would how would people fans
1: react to react me. to
0: you? and just people everyday people who see you on the street and become fans and they know who you are. How did you acclimate to that, being young and just this huge fame?
1: Well, I didn't really, in answer to your question, Steve. I didn't. But um, as I said, you know, the fans, that's why I love the fans. Um, And that's why I will always cherish, no matter what happens, you know, um, I will always cherish everything that that occurs because I live in the real world. Um, and I've not always, you know, you know, been singing since I came out of my mother's womb. Effectively, it didn't happen overnight. It took a long, long time, um, I guess. And I didn't even know it, you know. I didn't even know because uh, it develops. You develop and you evolve. But in answer to your question, the fans that heard I Want Candy, that were aware of who sang I Want Candy, that I met, were always just deeply appreciative and just fab, amazing. Um, and I used to love to hear their feedback, and I still do today. I want to hear everything, whether it's you know good or not so good. Their opinions, I want to hear all about it. You know, it's important. It's very important because they're the ones that pay their hard-earned money to come see us at clubs, and they help to, to, to you know to support us in in what we do, especially if we're not signed, like like I'm not signed at the moment to a label or anything. But you know, it's it's a different world now. The music industry has changed so much. And the actual writer, the writers of, obviously, I Want Candy, as everyone probably, or those of the, the those of you who are not aware, I Want Candy was written by a group called the Loves, who were a group in the 60s. And I had the great pleasure to meet one of the, the writers of that song, I Want Candy. Um, and it was just amazing. He said he wanted to meet the girl that sang Candy, that made his their song such a big hit. And I was like, oh, my God. No it's it's such a pleasure to sing it. It's such a feel good brilliant song. Brilliantly penned, brilliantly produced. Kenny Laguna, Richie Cordell. Um and when I first heard the song myself back in the studio, which actually was outside the studio when I first heard the song being played back, cause they were they were busy mixing it. I went, "Who's that girl singing?" because I was busy screaming and shouting a lot before that. I was gonna, okay. See that is easy to see that it go. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of a complete contrast for me to actually sing in a nice sort of melodic and just to hear this voice that I didn't, I didn't know I had effectively and I must have sort of developed as well in the three years or two and a half years by then that I'd been, you know, working with the band and touring because that's another thing. It's a whole other education that goes on. That's very, that it's very, it's, it's quite subliminal because a lot of stuff that occurs when you're on stage is actually, it's a learning experience as well, but it's also, it's also training. I think I was in training because Bow Wow were only together three years, which is nothing in this day and age to be together for three years. And meanwhile, we got bands like No Doubt and, you know, well done, No Doubt, because, and we had the pleasure of working with, I had the pleasure of working with Adrian Young, lovely, lovely chap from No Doubt, who were actually apparently fans of ours, you know, um, and they'd been around playing in, in, in clubs all over the place in Los Angeles and wherever. Um, an Orange County, effectively, because that's where they were from. The Magic Kingdom, the album, I believe, that's that was what was named, The Magic Kingdom, after that. They came from Orange County, Anaheim area. And so, or from what I gather, and um, it was really an education for me to, to see how other people operated, because it wasn't like I chose to be a singer in a band. This is something that was fated, I believe.
0: I want to ask you. We'll get back to your as I know new tour. You you have a bunch of shows coming up, and it's great because I saw I saw you know, have a you oh. have some with Nick Richards, who's been on my appearances. show.
1: Appearances. I'm doing appearances right now. Yes, And that's for awesome. Sure. And I know it you're is. doing it's one wonderful. with. Uh, He's a lovely chap. Lovely uh, band. Gene
0: loves Jezebel. Is coming
1: um, up. I'm doing one show with Boys Cause... Don't Cry and Gene Loves Jezebel that's awesome at that. the Whiskey A Go Go. Right, yes, September
0: 13th. That's an appearance. Yeah. I want to talk about your your charity work. And you 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 give don't okay. you do a lot of benefit you do a lot of benefit and humanitarian work.
1: Well, I I get asked to do a lot of shows and yeah mainly for the animals because that's I'm a big animal advocate no. I really am I have been for years.
0: Now, how did you get into yeah. that? Because that always interests me how people choose their thing. Did you grow up loving animals or how did you get into this? Because everyone loves animals, but how did you get into it?
1: Well, not everybody loves animals, yeah, unfortunately, right. Steve. It's sad. Um, I know. To I, be I honest saw... with you, yeah, that's how I got into it. Um, I wasn't a vegetarian back in 1982, um, but I had an experience. Let's say I had a couple of experiences, and I'm also a practicing Buddhist. I've practiced Namu kyo but I was born a Buddhist. and My father was a Theravada Buddhist. Um, you were asking earlier in the initially uh, my background. I'm Burmese English, uh, which is kind of weird because I'm Burmese English, and I'm in America now, and have been, you know, working through music um, and hoping I can do this. You know, for many, many years, if I'm blessed to do so and and go around the world with the messages that I have to share, and the animal thing is just part of, you know, who I am as a as a as a personal aside from what I do um, for work as as a singer songwriter performer and producer because I've also produced my tracks as well, co-produced my tracks. But um, I actually got into it and answered your question through because I'm the girl from Bow Wow. Um, I yeah. actually it's a short answer. <laughs> the long answer is I got into it because I became aware of the plight of what was going on with the animals, period. And I was so deeply affected by it, especially by a, a film footage well there are many, especially with the undercover operations that the ASPCA and Peter and everybody and the amazing work that they're doing to, to bring awareness to what's going on. But um Paul McCartney had a film footage called, you know, Glass Houses. And I didn't know, of course, he and Linda were vegetarians for many, many years. Um, God rest her soul. What a lovely lady she was. And they were trying to help the causes then. So that's all it—that's all it that came to happen. It, it evolved and developed. And from you know, I've only been a vegetarian. Well, I'm now a vegan. I've been a vegan the last year or so now, my second year into it. But I was um, from 2006, which is shocking, really, because I—I I was so like uneducated, obviously. And becoming aware of the fact that, you know, people are torturing dogs and cats or just using them for amusement or basically being really abusive and violent against them, even in situations against their spouses, they're using animals. You know, it's just shocking because these are helpless creatures that are here to love us. And they're like babies, effectively, whether they're kittens, puppies or grown and this is traumatic because they have feelings too you know we are just souls in bodies and this is where this is gonna get a little deep so bear with me and it may sound a little wacko and wacky um... but i i as a buddhist am aware of the fact that we're all souls in bodies and you know i respect prince charles for example and he talks to plants and talks to trees yes because they're living things and yes it does help um, and it's it's really amazing how there are people out there who do not understand the concept, like in Korea when they're, you know, boiling dogs alive and prodding them with hot poker pot you know, and just shoving them in a great big crate, you know, this is just dates. Shoving them in a great big crate, you know, on top of each other like they're bags of wool. These are living, breathing souls in a body that's a dog or a cat. And they love you unconditionally. And I don't know about you, but being loved unconditionally, that's, wow.
0: Oh, it's, it's the best thing because it's it's like anything. And conditional love is such a huge part of our society where people sit there and it's the old, I love you because of this. Mm. I love you. But a dog, you're right. A dog just sits there. It comes up and goes, hey, I'm going to hang out with you. Uh, hey, you yeah. stepped on my tail. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Whenever you step on a dog's tail, you hear Whoa! And then they're okay. They're not like they live you know, in the moment. Yeah, I if, love you, that if you, about if, you them. if you they're you like know. children.
1: They're like young yeah. children. Like between the ages of one to six, they did some research, I think, on this. Between the ages of one to six, children are very close to universe. The messages, you know, because as again, I have to hit uh, hit on the fact that you know I do believe in the soul because I had a few experiences. I believe in the um, there is continued life when you're not in the physical body. There is continued life it's another realm and those those that have passed on to the other side they are around us I, I have, love I, lasts forever it's love is eternal
0: and i agree with the people around us because I, I, I i'm here's actually my my thing <laughs> i think and I, I had my two cats and, and my guest earlier we talked about this because she's also involved in pets stuff like that and mm. i had two cats and they passed but i'm oh. gonna tell you There, I mean, one was I had one for 11 and one for 13 years. They passed about five years, six years ago. Those those cats are still in my place. I'm telling you. Because I don't care. I'll sit there because the one cat would be always. And it pisses you off when they would do it because you're trying to sleep and they hit the the cabinet. You But there's stuff that happens in my place. And I even said to my girlfriend, before she moved out, when she's living back east, she said her dog, she said she would smell her dog near where the laundry room was. She would smell it. And and I believe in that because. There's stuff that happens that I'm like, my place is, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, and you sit there and at first you go, oh, it's a coincidence. Then you sit there and go, well, where, my feeling is, where else would they go? Mm. You know, they're they're used to your life. They're, Mm. you know, their spirits are, and it's just, and I agree with the pets, because the pets are just, they stick around.
1: They love you no matter what. Yeah, and it's true. And that's the whole point. They're here to teach us love. They're well, here to teach
0: us love. And so now that's So good. why
1: are people so horrible? You know, I don't get, I mean, there's just no, in my in my brain capacity, there is no concept of doing wrong or evil to these beautiful souls. And I won't even go on about it anymore because other people are going, oh, my God, okay, we've heard enough. No, but, but, you no, know, no, no, it, to they, me it's an important topic. So if you want to get me into that, I will talk forever about, you know, the atrocities that go on. It really is an atrocity. You, you know, it's happened with mankind and to mankind. But to do it to helpless, innocent souls is just—they're babies. They're I, all babies. I gotta,
0: I gotta get you in touch with my next guest because she is a huge, uh, huge uh, I think It's uh, dog meat. Uh, it's something about the talent dogs. She's a mm-hmm. huge charity. You gotta get in touch with her because you'd I'd be love perfect because yeah. she's the, and the I'd first one, to. Elaine Hendricks, had, is also. Yeah. the spirit. Today it's like I said, it's my girl power day because I had all female guests. And what's cool is all of you guys are involved in pet charities, and that's awesome. It that means it's an awareness that people are. Becoming more aware because sometimes it takes someone who people know and look to in the in the, in the celebrity eye, may I say. And when they say it, people will go, they'll start listening. Because, you know, I can sit there and go, hey, you shouldn't be mean to your dog. And people will go, ah, But someone who they know and they look up to, they can say, they'll listen to you. So that's good.
1: Well, they're family. If you decide to take on a pet, and they're not cheap, obviously, to take on. It is is why you get people buying them for Christmas because a dog or a cat is, you know, for a long, long time. And then they can't afford vet bills, which is why I guess now they're doing, which is a brilliant idea, the mobile vet. And they're doing these these things at Blue Collar and places like that where you can get free samples of this or you can get, you know, they give you free, um, you know, uh, uh, shots and things like that. There's, they're starting to bring more awareness into it. And it's not just, by the way, I'm not just into, it's not just the animals. I'm also very aware of the homeless situation, which actually, um, you know, I, I, there's so many ways. It's about ideas. It's about formulating ways to help these people that are, are, have no home. And without a home, you can't get a job. Right. And it's an evil cycle that's never ending. And then of course they get so depressed they end up, you know, getting dr- taking drugs or getting drunk or whatever they feel they need to do to get by, to get through the day. And they're not all, of course, like that. But um, and I I know sort of I had I had an you know I'm aware of these things six degrees of separation or not i'm aware of it you know i may be a singer songwriter in the music industry but you know um i wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth you know i've worked hard ever since i was 13 and a half and you know being from a you know family of one parent with four kids i i know i know it's 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 a very tough world but it's also about understanding that you know you we each have a responsibility and Um, anything we can do, anything we can do to help, anything that is, you know, that touch. Well, I I try to do things that are close to my heart, but I'm aware of also the other situations with the young guys committing suicide. You know, there will be shootings going on for a period of time. I'm I'm aware of all these other different causes, I call them, because there are so many causes out there. Rather than going and buying this expensive pair of shoes for 500 bucks, you know, give it to a, a cause that needs it.
0: Yeah. Now, now as you get more involved and you find that side Sorry. of you when does that does that go across into your singing songwriting? Because I know you sing and song or do you do you address topics like this now because you have the forum and it is you and you're producing your own music. Mm-hmm. Now do you sit there and go I mean yeah everyone if you're going to do an appearance people want to hear mm-hmm. the their certain songs. Oops. But then also though people you, that gives you a venue where you can punch out your own music because mm-hmm. you can go I want candy mm-hmm. and then. This song is and then it's I mean, do you, have you been writing songs like Oh, that? I've
1: done it already, darling.
0: So you're starting <laughs> you're starting to I mean is I it... did
1: it when I was seventeen. Okay. I started I, I started on my songwriting path when I was seventeen. So in answer to your question, yes. I've put a lot of my ideas and topics into songs I've written. Um, but been told by various label people that I shouldn't sing them because either they're too religious or they're too spiritual. So I don't know if it's it's really up to the label people to decide that, but I do know that I'm one of the people you know I'm of the people I'm all the, the people i am a I'm a realist and um I've been there you know i've I've had my ups and downs in life which I won't you know it's not necessary to go into it's my private life, but you know I'm well aware that you know if we do have a platform and it's great that people like Taylor Swift you know are using that to talk about you know um the, the thing with the publicity and the other other, other uh, celebrities such as the oh, beautiful lady, um, Angelina Jolie, and uh, all of her children, that you know, the children she's helped. I mean, everybody's doing their own thing in the world that I've seen around me, but there are others that could be doing more, let's put it that way. Um, and I haven't been lucky enough as yet to to hit the jackpot, as it were. I really wish I had. I feel like I'm the working girl like Melanie Griffith, In that movie. I have all the ideas, but don't have the backup uh, a lot of the time, except for with my band. And they're a great bunch of guys I've been working with. Um, But I have to say, you know, yes, I do. I have written about stuff. Uh, The world hasn't heard everything I've done yet. I hope to get it out at some point. Um, And I actually shall be releasing an EP this year with some songs that I have, you know, penned. Um, I usually co-write with somebody because I'm not a competent, you know, guitar player or keyboard player but I do know how when it goes to a studio situation I can come up I come up with lots of ideas, bass, guitar, drums, I'm into rhythm big time, I was into rhythm since I joined Bow Wow you know, when I was 13 and a half so, which wasn't actually named Bow Wow at the time but um, I do remember thinking when I was 17 I was kicked out of that band, um, where do I go, what do I do from here and I started learning the craft of songwriting after I'd learned all the live arena stuff and how to be in a studio, then I got down to the nitty-gritty of writing songs, and that was thanks to Matthew Ashman, um, which I now know is my education for the Going Gets Tough, the Tough Get Going album. Um, I mean, you just have to hear that song, you know, Man Mountain. He wrote that on his own, but was, you know, and we, we wrote that, you know, whole album in his living room, but, you know, giving back by sharing his the credits on that album, and, I think I think there's some songs on there that also show a little bit of what I was starting to talk about, like Ricky D, uh, Ricky D, because I met this guy who was working at the W.C. and I was like oh, shocked. I met a guy working in a toilet. That was his job. That was how he earned his money, his keep. And so that was an idea I spawned. Everything around, every there's no there's no shortage of ideas for me. And it's not just music, it's also with, with film stuff. But I haven't had the opportunity to sort of get involved because I don't really, that's not my world. You know, I've been in music. But I'm, look, I w- I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get involved a little bit more.
0: In the film world?
1: Well, I've done a couple of cameos and I actually did something called Entertainment, which was a movie that was out um, at Sundance Festival. Uh, it just it got premiered actually. Um, and it's this comedian guy that I work with. Um, And he is a lovely chap. And he, uh, I think his his name is Neil Hamburger. On his
0: yeah. Neil Hamburger, yeah, yeah. He, he's he was on entertainment. the entertainment. But he was in the um that that show uh on on Adult Swim with the two guys Eric and such such big adventure. Hmm. And he's got like this the greasy hair and the glasses, right? He
1: looks nothing like that in real life. I, 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 I can imagine, but it's chap. a character. Him so, and his lady's his wife, yeah. So now, how how
0: did you get involved with him?
1: That's another thing. I mean, these are things that have occurred. I have to say, I'm I'm really, really thankful when I have people come up and approach me and say, "Hey, have you ever tried this? Do you want to try this?" I love discovering new things about, you know, my own capabilities as well. If I can't, if I can't do something, I'll say, "I that I really can't do it. I really because I'm not. I wanted to keep it real. I always want to keep it real and I want to keep it as natural as possible. And if I'm not natural, you know, or, or or as real as possible, then people won't get where I'm coming from as a, as a as a as an artist. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning after all these years. You know, on and off, I'm still learning myself.
0: So you would you you would want to pursue the acting a little more? Is that something, or, um, or just
1: comedy? I'm a big comedy fan. I I love movies. I'm a huge. I love movies. Period. What.
0: I'm- what are some of your favorite comedies?
1: Well, I love the Steve Martin movies. You know, the with jerk the, the, the is LA. so funny. Yeah. Oh, the, the, oh my God, the scene where he's taking the furniture he goes. Okay, I'm gonna take you're... that. No, and I'm gonna take. And I love Steve I just, Martin, was... Whoopi Goldberg. You know, I love all those those amazing. I mean, these are the people I'm aware of on TV. Sorry to interrupt, but oh, no. you know, I'm I'm not because I don't go to the comedy club. And I was asked to go a few times to these diff- different comedy. Things which is where they all were all discovered. But I'm I love you know Ben Stiller of course, and I was I was actually privileged to work with his wife um, in in a movie Taylor uh, Desperate but not serious. That was kind of like a little cameo. But I was actually playing a part of a bride which is kind of ironic because I've never been married but um, anyway I was in this movie called Desperate but Not Serious for five seconds you blink you miss me and I just got this little tiny role in this uh, movie entertainment again if you blink you miss me but I was asked by the, the the lead character, you know, to 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 appear in it, so I did.
0: That's got to be great, though. Yeah. I mean, the
1: Mojave Desert, it was and, and cool, yeah.
0: Comedies. I did stand-up comedy for years back east, and it's fun. It's it's, it's a great. It? It, well, it, it it was a after a while, it was the same thing. You were you, you traveled on a bigger venue. Just think of scaling when Bow While wow I wow was on the road scaling that down thirty-seven times, and you're you're staying in crappy hotels, and you're driving from gig to gig. That's what I did for eight years of my life. Wow. But uh, but comedy is it, it's wow. it's an amazing thing. I think anyone like with your background with Mm. you performing in front of people Mm. you have to captivate people because if you know and that's like anything if you can do that that is acting somewhat and i think Mm. you can translate it over i just i feel that way you don't feel that way no
1: um i never act on stage except for when i'm uh, trying to i think because i've been told that by a a guy that cast me to be in a movie once um which I don't know why that never came about. But anyway, um, he said that I, I was a very certain way on stage. I said, well, I don't think about it. I just do it. And that's how I grew into doing it. And no, I don't. Um, I I find, it, I find being on stage, you have to be real. You have to be spontaneous. And I don't know if that's the same as being a comedian.
0: Oh, it's the same. But, but I, think... I know
1: laughter is good for the soul. That's all I know. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: but I think acting's the same way too. You have to be real. I mean, that's the oh, thing. That's okay. what makes people great actors, is because oh. you're you're captivating someone. You're not. You oh. don't. When people act, you don't go up and you don't think, okay, I'm going to act like this. It's just an instinct. Uh, the good actors. I mean, okay. there's you know, you tell the crappy actors they're like, they look like cardboard. But like comedy, okay. you know, and music, you yeah. it's your instinct. And I think that's oh. how any performance comes from. It comes from your soul and your instinct. You go up and you just you put it all out there. And, and and that's not acting if someone just puts it all out and they feel it to me. That's not acting That's what makes a great actor. Mm-hmm. That's why I say with you because you put it all out on stage mm-hmm. You going in front of the director going okay, Annabelle just do this. Well, you know instinctively I've entertained mm-hmm. I give all and I think mm-hmm. it, I think it goes across the same way mm-hmm. so, so now you're doing new appearances I want to get your dates because I know oh, no, sure. now how, how did you find the, the guys that play with because I always think like when you put a band together There has to be a trust and they have to be. I mean, how do you find someone? Because one, you and you have a bigger name. It's not like you're sitting there. Someone's going out auditioning for a 19-year-old girl who's has, you know, a YouTube song. You're, you're, you, are you you have had hits. How do you, how do you go about finding a band? You just sit there and I
1: audition, st- just like everybody else.
0: And how do you know when it's the right? Do you just feel like personally? Yeah, or?
1: it's, it's a vibe, as we say. Um, you just have to audition, and everybody's got their own style. Um, as with I presume, in the world of, of film, their own way of, you know, um, uh, performing. And um, I I just have to find the I, – I don't even find. I don't. I, I just know. It's just a feeling. Instinct. It's just a feeling. I just go by – I'm a big water sign, okay? So I, I, get, I do things by feeling.
0: What sign are so, you? I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. When's your birthday? Right. What's that? Get out of here. I'm October 30th. And back east we called it mischief night. Back east a, we called mischief. Got to
1: do a double
0: date birthday bash. I, see I, I know. See, see, I, see, and I'll tell you, Scorpios. Bash. And I'm going to yeah. say this at
1: the Win in we, in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. I've never
1: been to the Win.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm going to Vegas. But I, I, I mean, want I'm, to because it's called Wynn. So. Scorpios were. I mean, I think Scorpios so, yeah. were very creative we're very headstrong. Oh, we, and,
1: okay. well, we can be. Yeah, and for and sure,
0: we, but we can be dicks. I mean, I. I mean, we can be. Do you hold grudges?
1: Oh God, no, no, okay, no, no, so no! I'm it. not a typical Scorpio okay, so no. though. I've kind of transcended, I think. I've, I've really worked on myself as well.
0: well. Good. But no, Scorpios yeah. are great because we have the passion. And we know what we want though. We sit there, we sit there, we go, here's what we're gonna do, and we wanna do it our way. We'll, we'll listen if someone has good advice. Like for me, if I get in an argument with somebody, if they're right, I'll say, you're right. But if they're wrong, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep pounding it until I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Instincts are
1: definitely the, the way to go. Exactly. I went against a lot, lot of it, a lot of the time, and unfortunately, it was uh, not, you know, never panned out. Unfortunately.
0: So, so what are some of the dates coming up? And I want to talk about the live shows.
1: Well, I'm doing appearances. I was asked. I did um with the the Reflex. It's actually where I met. Um, Clive Barrington. Clive Farrington was also a, a guest uh, singing on with the Reflex, correct? And that was earlier in the year. But I also did something with them last year. Um and. Anyway, the point being, um, that's where I met uh, Boys Don't Cry singer Nick Richards, and he said, oh, so do you do guest appearances? And I said, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) because I was there, and it was such good fun, and he said, would you be interested in doing some with me? And that's how it all began, and so he just asked me to do a few appearances with him, Um, and he's got a new single, uh, Blow Me, Blow Me Bubbles, I think it's really cool, Um, very cheeky chaffy. Lots of cheeky songs and um, very nice, very nice. You know, I, I'm, I have a thing now. I just want to work with nice drama-free people um, and just enjoy enjoy it, you know, enjoy what we do. Because I've kind of, I think I've gone through the gamut of like everything with everybody that, you know, thinks they know me but don't. But you know what it's like. People have this preconceived idea about you as a performer as opposed to who you are in your personal private life. Um, and I was actually quite a shy person, and still kind of am, which is why I like to go places incognito and observe from a distance. From a distance, I can see clearly, you know, because I really do. I really do feel it's important to to be part of, you know, be out there and 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 about, so you get an understanding of when you're on stage, on the other side of the, the camera, as it were. Right. You you're able to project. To these people, hopefully something they can feel good about, and understand and get you, um, especially in this day and age when you're talking about the animal advocacy thing, with the homeless thing, and everything else.
0: So what? What was some of the date So you, you met with Nick, now you're in appearances now. Give us some of the, because I know that you have the whiskey coming up, which is it, it,
1: it, September 13th. Yeah, September 13th is is the first time I'm actually going to be at the whiskey officially, I guess. Um, doing Bow Wow songs. Um, I'm doing an appearance with Boys Don't Cry, the band Boys Don't Cry, and they're doing an awesome job actually playing some of the Bow Wow songs, which I was pleasantly surprised about, because they're not easy to learn. But before that, we've got uh, Romano's Concert Lounge this Friday the 28th of August. We're playing at Romano's Concert Lounge. In Riverside. In Riverside. That's with uh, When in Rome as well. And after that there's a few dates I've been asked to appear on with uh, Nick's band uh, Boys Don't Cry on September the uh, 17th, 19th and 20th. Uh, ABC are playing and they're playing, you know, St. Sant- Rock at Hermosa Beach on the 17th, September 19th, Canyon Club, September 20th Coach House in San Juan Capistrano. And then um, I've actually been asked to be part of the 10th anniversary of the House of Blues in Anaheim, um, which is October the um, 16th. And then there's a show before that on the 10th of October, uh, Lost 80s at Wild Pass Casino in Arizona. There you go. Yeah. So I might do a song called Cowboy. Who knows?
0: There you go. Now, <laughs> now are you, do you enjoy getting up and singing the old songs? I love singing. I mean, just, it's, love singing. I, I just,
1: absolutely love it.
0: And people just love the songs. That must be great too when you go up and they sit there and go. So, as if when they when you go up and you sing, they must be like, yeah. I mean, is that and the energy must really spur you on just because it's just it's everyone. I went to an '80s concert a while ago and it was great. I mean, Rick Springfield closed it and we're like, the guy, that guy crushed it but i'm saying but it was the bands were great and just it's such a great time of the songs that Mm. it's just they're fun songs and for me it was i was my you know i'm 51 so that was a big part of my life at that time
1: well yeah but it's all about the audience for me every show is different and it's all about the audience um sometimes there's low energy and i try and raise the vibrational energy because i you know that's what people go out to to address they don't live eat breathe music you know like like we do um, that's their Friday night, Saturday night, let off some steam, have some fun and hang out and get some pictures and put it on YouTube, you know, on their Facebook or whatever. Um, but I love the audiences and they make the show for me. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, I hadn't played like that many shows recently, um, but I actually have a really good show coming up with my own band nice. in uh, at uh, in Sacramento called the Rewind Festival. I've been asked to... Uh, support um, the Psychedelic Birds and a Flock of Seagulls. Um, I'm like really low down, so I'll probably be on really, really early, folks, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, no doubt. But that's fine. But it's a great stage to the Rewind Festival, September 5th. So that will be Annabella's bow out, effectively. Um, looking forward to it, actually. It's And I've sort of put a few ads up there, but I'm kind of focusing on the appearances right now because there's also merchandise being sold at the end of the show. Nick's... You know, um, boys don't cry. I've got these amazing T-shirts. Want to be a cowboy? And so I go down and sign pictures, and it also gives us an opportunity to meet the fans and see what they have to say to us. You know.
0: That's always great, yeah. Because the fans, the fans want to get to meet people, and and it's just, and they love, you know, everyone loves something, whether it be a, you know, an autograph picture, you know, or a T-shirt. People want, because you, as you said, it's a night out for people. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we've been in the industry. We know that that's like your life. That's what we do. But when you're not yeah. part of that. When you walk away with a T-shirt or you walk away with a picture, you're like, wow! It just makes you feel really included. Yeah. And I'm glad you're doing it. And I'm, I'm glad that you've uh, you're you're making a lot of appearances, and, and that's awesome though. You must be happy. To, to I'm
1: thrilled that I'm making some appearances this year because I was kind of going in a different direction towards the end of last year. Um, I don't know if if people were aware, but there was <clears throat> the bass player I no longer work with who was out there apparently with um, all these different guitarists, drummers, and one particular singer from another band, um, singing with him for him, singing Bow Wow songs. And by all accounts, you know, people were getting rather confused, especially myself, since I my pictures were being advertised way in advance of the shows that he was doing. So that was kind of a no-no, really. But um, I think that, that the most important thing that I can focus on now is to hopefully continue what was the original legacy of Bow Wow, the sound I'm trying to focus on, and obviously get, give a good show to, to the fans who come out to you know pay their hard-earned cash of their work, their work week to get some drinks and some you know, good music and times going on, and hopefully meet their future partner. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad thank you made you it. Thank you so done. much. Now, give your, uh, give your website information.
1: It's AnnabellaLewin.com. It's just my name, AnnabellaLewin.com. And
0: it's L-W-I-N, people, so yeah. you don't get confused. Yeah, two
1: N's and two L's, and Annabella.
0: And they can find all your info there, and they find all your shows.
1: AnnabellaLewin.com, yeah.
0: And now do you tweet?
1: I do have Twitter, but it's Twitter 2 because someone's pretending to be me on Twitter (laughs) 1. I'm Twitter 2, Annabella 2 at Twitter, but I don't go on that as much, and I'm sort of needing help with a few of these things. But uh, I was very grateful to the person uh, who helped me with my new website. I actually had a a big uh, you know, um, refurbishment, let's put it that way, Anthony DeVito. And Facebook I'm on, which is the Purple Haze picture. And the yellow mouth open, that's me.
0: Well, I want to thank you for coming on. So people, go check out our website and check out the appearances because you love the music.
1: Also, Reverb Nation as well.
0: Reverb Nation. I've okay. got some songs on there. And go check it out. And follow me on Twitter. It's at CooperTalk. That's at CooperTalk. Also, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 400 episodes up. If you go to my other website, stopthesalt.com, that's the cookbook I wrote after I got out of the hospital. It's low-sodium cooking. There's 120 recipes. Easy to make. No pictures to intimidate you. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. But if you go to StopTheSalt.com, I will sign it for you. I will ship it to you. And I will make more money off it. And that's what it's all about. Not the Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's about money in my pocket. So, yeah. So, go check out Annabella. And please go see her live. And keep following me at Cooper Talk. Remember, Boys I'm Steve Cooper. Cry. Boys don't cry. Awesome. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water. Eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. I'll talk to you guys next week.